that's a growler. Hello, welcome to Rockbiter Week on the NeverEnding Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and unmoving eyes. The movie, The NeverEnding Story. I'm Thomas Howarth. I'm Tierney Steele. And with us this week, we have the wonderful Crystal Beth. Yay! Thank you for having me back again. Of course, welcome we're glad back. you can come back today. Yeah, I had so much fun yesterday. I hope to have some more today. I think we can. We've good. got some good stuff planned here for, for this next minute. We have a very philosophical minute today. Minute 16 starts with Rockbiter saying, but then the lake was gone. And it ends with the night hub saying he's from the south. So we know. No cool accent, but that's all right. We'll take it. Um, I was going to ask what the night hub is eating, but we've established it's hallucinogenic beef jerky. <laughs> is that what we settled on? Uh, or yes, some kind is. of mellowing agent, at least. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe not hallucinogenic. He's, he's got enough going on without adding to it. Yeah. Well, right. we don't know Hob, uh, Night Hob, I was about to say Hobnob. We don't, <laughs> we don't know Night Hob's, uh, anatomy or physiology. So it could be that hallucinogenics for him are actually like, uh, Advil for us. Yeah. And he lives in Fantasia where everything's crazy all the time. Right. So this is just mellowing. I, I honestly wonder if it was just, they wanted the actor to be able to have something to do while listening to the story because they keep cutting to him. Yeah. So they're like, here, you can play with this. Yep, that's not true. Or he did so well playing with other stuff that they were like, oh, cut to him. I think this was, I think this Rockbiters, and Teeny Wee, their argument over what's nothing was the first philosophical debate I ever encountered as a little child. Oh, yeah. Oh. I do have a small problem with this, though. All right, go ahead. We have a no spoilers, or we have a spoilers policy here. You can spoil anything you want to because this is a very old movie. So we know that Teeny Weenie knows about the nothing. He's there for the same mission. Why is he arguing so vehemently against this being just nothing when he knows what well, the nothing is? Okay, but my problem later is that much later we see the nothing, and I'm like, this does not match this story. <laughs> like. If he had said that, we immediately would have been like, oh, the craziness. He starts with, one day there was a beautiful lake, and the next day it was gone. And that's the end of his story until Teeny Weeny challenges him, saying, oh, so there was a dried up lake. No, a dried up lake would be a dried, like, that would be a dried up lake. There was nothing. A hole in the ground. No, a hole would be something. This is nothing. I wonder if Teeny Weeny hadn't put it together that he was even talking about the same thing. I'll until. He, like, started emphasizing, like, no, there was nothing. And then he's like, oh, I wonder if he means, like, that thing that happened in my hometown. Like the nothing. Yeah, if someone was telling me nothing was happening, I definitely would not understand what they were talking about. Because <laughs> I would have my own definition of what nothing was. Mm -hmm. And then they would be like, oh, well, it's nothing. And I'd be like, well, that's something. And I'd be like, but this is nothing. They're like, no, that's something. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> We figured it all out in 1984 before I existed, but still, it was established. <laughs> <laughs> well, the idea of nothing being an enemy is insane. Right. Like I, and, and not only is it insane, but imagine trying to put that into onto film. How do you put nothing onto film? Yeah. It's so great. I just, like, I, I, even as a little kid, I'm like, this is big. This is, like, deep, guys. Yeah. I mean, I guess the way you put nothing in a film is you just get a bunch of 
Clouds. Yeah, clouds. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, I just... I love his story, but it does kind of bother me that later we're like, this is not at all what you were describing. You woke up one morning and it was gone. Nothing about the trees, the clouds, the... Well, maybe he was sleeping so hard that (laughs) he didn't see what happened. All of a sudden he woke up and he was like, oh, God, like the Mangaliers from uh, Stephen King. Yeah. Where it just eats everything and turns into nothing. If you fell asleep through that and somehow managed to not be eaten... You would be like, whoa, nothing happened and nothing came and nothing was this. But in fact, there were weird falafel balls with teeth. Huh. <laughs> I was I waiting wonder- to see how you described that. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like bracing. No, I wonder, is that what all everyday life is like for this bat that's been sleeping through everything? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this bat, it don't wake up. Nope. <laughs> do you think uh, Do you think Rockbiter snores when he sleeps? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they all snore when they his sleep. His nose apparently. looks his nose looks pretty uh, congested. So his I can... nose is tiny for his size. Yeah, but doesn't snoring have to do with the little skin flaps in your nose, like the the pendant shaped tissue, like the the uvula it's the, thing? It's the uvula. septum. Yeah, you think rocks have septums? Well, if he has the nose like that, he should, because it should be running down the middle. Well, I'm assuming he's based on similar to human anatomy. Sorry, um, when Tierney gets personal, I actually had a severely <laughs> deviated septum that was surgically corrected, so I oh, can tell awesome. you a lot about this. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> so do you, nasal passage master, know, <laughs> you you assume that he snores? I think he snores. I Okay. Think I think that's just such a small... I kind of want to pull up a picture now, but I'm just looking at, like, the size of his face compared to the size of his nose, and I'm like, I just feel like such a little amount would be trying to go through those teeny little holes. That's how I feel when I look at my boyfriend's cute little nose. I have a I have a giant... Well, not a giant nose, but my <laughs> I can you can comfortably stick two fingers in my nostrils. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, and he has this tiny little nose, and I'm like, how do you breathe? <laughs> Oh, it's Frank Back Art History 101. I think it's the Duke of Urbino has the Roman nose, the crooked nose and profile. And they'd be like, it's just like Tyrion's. And I'm like, I hate high school. Cool. Oh, God. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, it wasn't, for the record, it was not as bad as his. That Duke's nose was way more messed up than mine. But yeah, I, I appreciate being able to breathe now. And I actually do have less breathing problems since fixing this septum. So you're right. It is, it's internal, but I just feel like it's the disconnect thing. It's like when you see a pug and you're just like, oh, you can't breathe. Yeah, you are. <laughs> like uh, you're super cute, but that ain't working for you. <laughs> your nose doesn't look like the Duke of Urbino. So I just had to Google it. You're fine. <laughs> So, I don't know about you guys, but I'm one of those people that hates the sound of, like, two pieces of porcelain rubbing together or nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. And just thinking about the way that sounds when the rocks inside his head are, like, scratching against each other as he snores is just giving me the willies. Oh, yeah. Aww. Well, even when he eat, when he bites the rock in a minute, it if you've ever accidentally – if you've been at the beach and you're eating, like, a peanut butter and jelly or something and it gets sand in it oh. and you bite down into the sand and it's like – Oh. Yeah. There are some interesting noises going on with this. Well, and you've got to figure – when he's eating the rock and his teeth are rocks. Yeah. That grinding. Yeah. So while we're focusing on his facial features, how about that tongue? 
It's so venti <gasps> for a rock tongue. I oh, know, God. and it's so large. <laughs> I said, that tongue is his worst moment when he makes me wonder if rock biters are related to the huts. This oh, is oh, yeah. John with a hut tongue. And this and is where it all comes nasty. together. Just as nasty. <laughs> Everything has to get back to Star Wars uh, somehow, and I think that's it. It's not hard. I'm really just finding it amusing because, for some reason, I I do a podcast on Return to Oz analyzing it. Yes. And the Gnome King's eyes in that movie drive me insane. I am still scared of them. I am a grown woman. I am terrified. <laughs> but for some reason, the rock biters don't bother me, and I wonder if they're moving less and that's easier for my brain to handle. <laughs> I don't like this realistic humanoid eyes in rock creatures. Thing. Yeah. Anything just, that has a, a human uh, face on anything that's not supposed to is... Like, when people try to find faces and stuff, I'm like, stop it! <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know. Don't point it out to me. Then I can't unsee it. Now, Crystal, did you know that Teeny Weenie, the guy that plays Teeny Weenie, was in, was in Star Wars as well? I did not know that. He played Droopy McCool. Wow! Yeah. That's awesome! Yeah, we Gosh. ran across that last week and we were pretty blown away as well. He does everything. This is literally a Star Wars minute. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were talking about him eating the rock. Yep. Is My- he str- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. My question is, how did they achieve that effect of the rock exploding like that in his mouth? Because that actually explodes. There's no ifs, ands, or what's about it. It explodes, and and I don't know how they did that. <laughs> He's not actually a giant. I just want to make sure we're all aware of it, but, like, this rock might be, like, the size of your hand, if that. So maybe they just exploded a small rock and put it over the puppet. I don't know, it, just, it looks like did, it's being crushed. Yeah, they there's uh yeah. there are a lot of rocks or at least where I was growing up, there were rocks that were this kind of uh well the limestone where mm-hmm. I could like break it or smash it with another rock or just a little bit of littlest bit of pressure would crumble it. And if they decided to make that out of a yeah. plaster and paint it uh paint it gray and with sparkles on it, that would be easy to uh to pop, and I'm sure they went through like a million different uh, textures and things. I to, thought that was really fun. Out. Yeah, right. See, that's Just the kind of job I want. Various rocks. <laughs> yeah. Do you oh. want to be the one that tests them too? Like, can I break this with my mouth? Can I break this with my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so chalky. Yeah. Um, I want to know if the rock biter is stress eating. Because he tells this incredibly <laughs> sad story and then immediately takes a giant bite of the rock. I, I think he's surprised. just happy that there's so much food around him right now. He's not used to it anymore. Yeah. Again, focusing on the rocks. Why is why would the Night Hub care if there are any rocks left here? I kind of wondered that myself. Like, he has no vested interest in those. It's not like he's trying to eat them. No. I, I understand why he doesn't want the rock biter eating right now, because he's constantly endangering all their lives. <laughs> yeah. But, like, other than that, what does it matter to him? Maybe it's one of those people that just has to care too much. Oh. Like, you know, when, like there are those people in the world where something goes on, and it doesn't even matter if they're in their expertise of life. They're like, you can't do that. You shouldn't be doing that just because they get off on telling people what to do. 
So the Nighthawk <laughs> would enjoy Twitter, is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. I think he's an only child. <laughs> oh, I really love, not that she needs a shout out, but in the last season of Girls, there was a line that Lena Dunham did that was something like, I'm a great writer because I know nothing, but I have an opinion on literally everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, like... It makes you cringe, but it's also so perfectly true. Yeah, it's oh. very true. And we talked yesterday about your fear of puppets. Yes. But I do want to comment on, uh, once again, how amazing the snail looks. Like, even today, this is a well-crafted puppet. Yeah. Like, and I, uh, I I, am a puppeteer. I went to school for puppetry um so clearly like I've the gotten, ultimate immersion therapy right yes. i was like clearly i've gotten over uh, my problems uh but it's spe- uh, specifically 80s puppets they freaked me out but the puppeteering in this is insane when you watch it, it's oh gosh i don't know it's i uh i'm gonna be honest i forgot your question because i got excited to talk about puppeteering. <laughs> just talking about that's it just talking about puppeteering and how well crafted the snail and well, rock fighter yeah are. the snail pretty. doesn't look real but it looks cool I so think I he don't looks have that weird real. disconnect anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like something from Disney. I could, yeah. You know, but I want to hear more about your opinions on the puppetry in these minutes then, because I love when we see the snail's neck is just like going nuts in all different directions. Yeah. I, and I feel like the amount of puppeteers to work these puppets are way oh. more than you think. Because you have people controlling all the lip movement, the tongue. There, like especially on the snail, you have both antennas. You have the nose, the lips, the mouth, the head, the neck, the body itself. It's really impressive. The eyes when they blink. There's a lot going on there, and it's really cool to see. Because even just when you're puppeteering, uh, making it so that your puppet looks like it's breathing. So even if you're not doing anything, you have to hold your puppet in a way that it like continues to like look around or. Uh, explore areas or breathe or sit or move or fidget or itch itself because that's what gives it life even if you're in a in the background of something and you'll notice that if you watch uh, Sesame Street you'll see the puppets that aren't really doing anything they still move because it'll be lifeless if you're not moving it's really crazy right I did look up something and it talked about having dozens upon dozens of puppeteers for this especially when it came to Falcor yeah oh yeah well I, not to bring it, not to talk about myself, but have you guys seen The Fifth Element? I have. Yes. Many times. So you know Picasso, the little elephant puppet? Yes. Yeah. That had 20 puppeteers. And he's just in that for like such a small portion too. And all that moves are his feet, nose, eyes, and mouth. And his head kind of moves. She would think like, oh, four people, 20. That's insane. So you're saying it's not just a bunch of kids singing about goat herds over there? <laughs> no, not uh, this time. That's where I learned how to be a puppeteer. No, I <laughs> I just love the, like, they're so elaborate and there's so many things going on with them. And it's almost able to distract me from this terrible line reading. And uh, yeah, you have to understand, Star Wars minute here, I under I. I love Deep Roy. He's been involved in many things. And he also was in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, he's great. What is this line reading? Which sounds like something a fifth grader would do. Yeah. When he's like, starting with, this could be serious. This could be with, serious. Rockbiter, what you have told us 
is also happening where I live in. The, like, I think it's the way he's enunciating. And I get his character supposed to be shouting so the Rockbiter can hear him. But, oh, man. I think this, it's not great. I think this comes back to the possibility that he wasn't doing the voice. Right. And when you're not doing the voice and you're told to mouth something, mm-hmm. your body does the weirdest stuff. <laughs> yes. This is actually why I looked up the stuff about to see if he had a ADR person that was doing his voice was because I could tell he was really overacting this. Mm-hmm. So, and, and maybe it's because it's supposed to be a kid's movie. Maybe they're like, we really need you to sell this and go, so go act to, it like a kid. Would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go, go to 11. We want to see the biggest you can go. <laughs> Oh man, I I hate to throw him under the bus like that, but I was just like, dude, be better than I would have been. <laughs> yeah. I think that's another, a little joy that these old movies gave. Again, it came down to they're like, we're going to have fun. We're going to make something that looks cool. And if something's not perfect, that's fine. And we're not used to that anymore. And that's what gives, especially if you think about all the movies by minute podcast, they're all older movies because those are Mm. so fun. There's just so much to talk about with them because they, they have such fun stuff. But especially this. I can't wait for someone to do Labyrinth, too. I was kind of thinking about that, honestly. This, like, since I'm doing this one, I I was thinking about delving into some of the other children's movies like Labyrinth or, like, Daryl or Flight of the Navigator, stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that would be awesome. Flight of the Navigator. My daughter loves that movie. Really? Daughter, she's three years old and she loves Father of the Navigator. She's like, I want to watch David. Can I watch David? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then the other night, I had her this weekend, and the other night she says, uh, she starts talking about Jeff. I'm like, who is Jeff? She goes, Daddy with David. It's his brother. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it sounds like she's ready for her minute by minute podcast. Right? Grab Honestly, those URLs. <laughs> I w- Wait. Was that you that was talking about uh, doing it with your daughter, Thomas? No, 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 not me. She's three, Elson. That's a little too adventurous. Someone was talking Uh, to me about it. Christopher DeGuardia? Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Because I don't think it was him. DeGuardia of the Galaxy. Yeah, I think it was someone else. Hmm. Uh, I don't think it was him because Chris and I talk often. I'm not sure, but someone was like... Why isn't anyone doing a movies by minute with their kid? Because that would be adorable as long as you can keep them on track. Yeah, I think with, that's the hardest thing. With a three year old, that me- might be a little too difficult. Yeah. yeah. I've I've tried to convince Thomas that she needs to make like a special guest appearance at some point. But I've heard um comedy podcasts I listen to where their kid like wanders into the room like, okay, like let's talk into the mic for a few minutes and it's just it's really cute, but I feel like it would be really hard to actually like stay on target. Yeah. The the kid would the kid would want to be that need to be there. It'd be on the kid's time. Right. Mm-hmm. My last note that I have is here at second fifty two, if okay. you if you scrub at it, they did this awesome job where they made a set that had Rockbiter's feet in it. And then they put giant feet, giant feet, and they put Teeny Weeny and Hob on this set. And then they have a blue screen that's showing the rest of Rockbiter. And you can kind of tell the way they're silhouetted in this picture. But you can see that his feet are with them, but he's kind of separate. And I just thought it was such an amazing effect to give it that 3D touch so it didn't seem so much like a 
a separate picture there. What are you yeah. talking about? He just has tiny thighs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's it works though. Yes, definitely. Like you said, I mean, now that we're taking it apart minute by minute and staring at it frame by frame, obviously you can see the seams. But when you're just watching it straight through, it, it goes. And again, we we actually had to have a little discussion last week about my suspension of disbelief because yeah. he's like, oh, look how they cut those two together. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? And he goes, they're not all the, like... Deep Roy is not a large man, but he's not actually only three inches tall. Right. Oh, right. Movie magic. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Crystal, do you have anything else for this minute? Uh, No, I don't. How about you, Trini? I'm just so turned around by the Nighthob suddenly being like, I'm in, this is serious. It's like, you've given us no indication that that's how you feel, but... He's going to become my favorite person. Yeah, in the span minute. of 60 seconds, he went from kicking back and putting his feet up to being totally, you know, psycho about what's going on around him. Maybe we were wrong about what that stick does. Maybe it's the opposite, <laughs> and it just needed to kick in. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Maybe it's like ADHD medicine, where for some people it makes them, you know, think faster, and for others it slows them down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So what did we hear them say here at the end of the minute? They're talking well, about where they're from? Yes. And that the nothing is has been spotted elsewhere. Yeah, so we got the rock biters in the north now. We have teenies from the west mm-hmm. and Nighthob is from the south. Mm-hmm. You would think he's he would be less furry if he was in the south. Maybe it's like the Antar or Antarctica? Arctica? Arctic? I always forget the world is round. (laughs) (laughs) Always. So maybe it's really cold down there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or he's from a mountainous southern area. That would get cold too. Yeah. Or hemispheres, seasons. Yes, there are those. It's summer in in America (laughs) where we're recording this, but it's winter in Australia. Maybe he grows out his hair for the winter. There it is. I got really excited, but I couldn't quite put it together. But the theory is there, guys. I right. I got it. I love it. <laughs> I think it's right. Thank you. So on, on this Nighthawk Minute, the last thing I want to say about him is that he really reminds me of the brownies from uh, Willow. Do you remember the little yeah. brownies, the little crazy guys? Yes. Seen Willow? Please don't kick me out of this oh, podcast. Oh, <laughs> we thought you were an '80s fan, and here you are disappointing us. Get out of here, Crystal. Will you come back tomorrow? <laughs> I will. I'm gonna go watch Angels of the Outfield. You guys are mean. Wow, '90s. <laughs> With my Get '90s friends. <laughs> oh, there she is talking about her '90s friends again. Josh. Oh gosh, those people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we do have a lot to come the rest of this week. Um, I'm looking forward. I hope we do see you tomorrow. Everybody else, we hope you come back tomorrow and listen. We're looking forward to finding out more about what happens with these with this meeting. But that's, that's another, another story. story. Oh, <gasps> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, God, I'm sorry. We've oh, got was... to find a bleep so we can keep that, because that is perfect. <laughs> so I actually have a bleep saved up already. An it's... actual bleep or a from the movie bleep? No, it's a from you bleep. Oh. 
<laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I've surprised her a couple of times with some of the stuff I've said, and she did this awesome That's gasp awesome. right into the microphone. So, so I saved it on my computer, so I always have a bleep for if we ever need oh, okay, it. Okay, good because right. I feel like that response is so like exactly what I would. Oh, uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, let's give it another shot. Sure, <laughs> but. That's That's another another story. story. And it shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.